0: Let's stand up together tonight. Thank you, John, and, and uh, all the band that helps. Give that band of ours a, uh, a praise offering. They're great singers, wonderful. Uh, we are really blessed uh, in this church. We have a great worship team, and I'm thankful for every one of them. Uh, we're going to make our confession, and then we're going to share uh, Let Down the Nets tonight. We're in a series called Let Down the Nets, but we're in part three, and tonight it's about Let Down the Nets. So let's say this together. I am here on purpose because I have a purpose. My heart is open. My mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me, and I have victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. And everybody said that's true. (laughs) And you can be seated, hallelujah. I see you down there, Tina, just pointing to yourself, and that's what we have to do. Everybody say, make the word real. And make it personal. You know, it's personal. It's God's word to you, Uh, just like Jesus died for each one of us. Um, We've shared um, in the first message uh, on Let Down the Nets on At Your Word, and we're going to go to that scripture tonight. In Luke uh, chapter 5, and we're going to read it, and then we're going to talk about some different things tonight to do with this scripture, but uh, how Jesus dealt with his disciples as they moved along in following him, which uh, this was the very beginning of Jesus choosing disciples. Of course, Simon Peter was the first, and then uh, James and John, and so it goes on from there as he accumulated or put together a team of 12. Everybody say a team of 12 and one of them was a betrayer how many of you ever felt like somebody on your team (laughs) might have held that position (laughs) well we can overcome amen because of the blood of Jesus, and it says in uh, Luke 5, 1, as the people pressed upon Jesus to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats beside the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. He entered one of the boats, which was Simon's. We talked about that last week. He got into Simon's boat. He chose that. Asked him to thrust it out a little from the land, and then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep, let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered him, master, we have worked all night and have caught nothing, but at your word, I will let down the nets. When they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was tearing. So they signaled for their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. At that point, Simon Peter uh, re- recognizes that he's not who he really needs to be. He's in the presence of God, and he realizes his shortcomings. He realizes his sin, and and he says uh, to the Lord, uh, "Depart from me, from a sinful man." And he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish, which had been taken. So there, so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee. And these are the next two disciples. And it says, Jesus said to Simon, "Do not fear. From now on, you will catch men." So when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything. Everybody say left everything, and they followed him. And um, the when we first shared about this, I said there were four things we would talk about. Um, at the word, at the word of the Lord, at his word, uh, the launch, which we talked about last week tonight, let down the nets and next week, the harvest. And so, so tonight, um, uh, in letting down your nets, you release your faith and do what God's telling you to do. And that's what Simon Peter did in that boat. They let down the nets and they did what the Lord told him to do. Uh, as we share this tonight, I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 9, and that's where we're going to begin tonight. Um, and we're going to, you know, you know, Jesus, this is just another account, it's Matthew's account, but it talks about um, after they had started following Jesus uh, in, in the end of 9, verse 35, it says, "'Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages.'" teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. He was teaching, preaching the kingdom, and healing every sickness and disease. But when he saw the crowds, he was moved with compassion for them, because they fainted and were scattered like sheep without a shepherd. And he said to his disciples, The harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest that he will send out laborers, everybody say laborers, Laborers. into his harvest. You know, uh, when Simon got into that boat boat and said, nevertheless, at your word, we will launch the boats at the boat. And he went out into the water. And when he let down the nets, everybody say, let down the nets. On the other side of letting down the nets is always a miracle. Everybody say, always a miracle. miracle. When you let down the nets, following the word of the Lord and launching into something that maybe you've never experienced before, and at the word of the Lord, in that launch, you let down the net, you can count on God that there's something on the other side of that. And everybody say, it's a harvest. It's a harvest. Whatever it is. Uh, whether it's it's somebody's salvation. Salvation is the greatest miracle of all for people. And uh, Jesus said to them, I will make you fishers of men. And so if you look at the chapters before this, I was just looking at chapters 8 and 9. Uh, you know, when Jesus says, follow him, um, the disciples that were following him at that time were witnessing his mentoring them. Everybody say mentoring. (laughs) Because they were watching him do what he did and how he did what he did. And so they were uh, gaining an ability to know uh, what the power of God could do in a life of men, of a man, any man, man, woman, child. Because there was power. Everybody say there was power. And at the end of chapter 7, it says, When Jesus finished these sayings, the people were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority. Everybody say authority. <laughs> and not as the scribes. With the word of God, when he, at, you know, at your word, Peter said, at your word, we will launch. And so what he was saying is your word has authority. And with that authority, comes a manifestation of the power of God. And so I want to show you in this, uh, he, the one of the first things in chapter 8 is the cleansing of the leper. And when the leper reached out, he said, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus said, I will be clean. And immediately, everybody say immediately, the leprosy left, and he was cleansed. And then the healing of the centurion servant. Uh, it, it, he said... Um, that he would come because the servant was ill. And it says he was sick and par- with paralysis and terribly tormented. But the centurion said, No, you don't need to come. I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but speak the word. Speak the word only. Everything Jesus did, he let down the nets and then there was a miracle. He spoke the word to the situation. He let down that net and there was a miracle that followed that. The centurion's servant was healed at the same hour that Jesus said that he was healed. And he wasn't even there. Amen? Now, the disciples are watching this. I don't know how many were with him at that time, but whoever, I know Peter, James, and John were with him. Uh, And when they were watching this, they are seeing what God will do, but not just that, there would be gaining confidence in God, in, in confidence, maybe not yet knowing what they're going to do, but, but God, or Jesus has already said, I will make you fishers of men. I believe the way that Jesus makes us who we are is by the word and the demonstration of that word. And there are so many believers, I believe today, who have learned the word, but they have never used it in this kind of a situation. Uh, there, our thought process is, well, what if I lay hands on them? They don't get well. So, you know, I just won't do that because God might, I, I make, make, and this is the devil's favorite, you'll make God look bad. We're not the healer. We just have the hands. That's what we do. We obey the word. Amen? Like Peter, at your word, I will let down the net. That's exactly, I mean, when Jesus was here, if you look at all these miracles, he was demonstrating the power of God. He was not just demonstrating what God would do, but what God would do through them. Not just through him, but through them. And as we go on through the calming of the storm, the healing of the demoniac, You know, I have been involved in situations where people need deliverance. I cannot imagine the demoniac. But we, my husband and I have experienced some situations when we were on staff at Victory, especially uh, when we would, at the end of the service, pray and people would come down. And then we'd take them in the back room and we'd begin to pray with them. And, you know, my husband, I had talked to my husband about how God delivers people. And I had talked about deliverance and, you know, the manifestations that the enemy will pull in a situation with a person that are real. And so uh, Pastor Bill was in the intern program. He'd been through one year Bible school. He was in the intern program. And I went back to find him because he didn't come out after the service. And they were praying for a lady. And uh, when they went to lay hands on her, the enemy shot her clear across the floor, landed her over there. And Bill said, uh, "Yeah, is this, this is what you've been talking about? Yeah. Yes. That's what I've been talking. Now, I had never seen it to that extreme. But that lady, when she would talk, it, it, her face would contort, and she would say, her name was Rita, and, she, and, the, and whatever that spirit was would say, Rita doesn't live here anymore. Well, Rita did live there. That's a lie. But see, the devil always wants to produce fear. And so when Jesus was doing these things, what they were seeing was the awesomeness of God's power through his word. Everybody say his word. So when it says, at your word, you know, when when Simon said that, at your word, we will get in the boat and go. He didn't realize that he was beginning a journey of something that he would be doing eventually in his life. But he saw it done. Everybody say, he saw, done. he saw it done. It's very important, you know, as believers that we put ourselves with other believers who are doing things that we need to learn to do. Amen? And we need to recognize that God put them in our life for us to learn from them. Uh, I'm I'm so blessed by the people that I started out with in ministry from the very beginning until today that... Um, that God put me with people that I learned from, and what I learned was the things that I was on the inside hearing in my spirit um, they were they were the right they were the Lord because I remember Pastor Sharon Doherty used to give a word or say something, I would have that exact word it would just pop in my heart, and then she would say it, and then I would know that that was God that told me that see when you 're around people. Who, who they're they're like mentoring you, but they're not telling you what to do. They're helping you know that you're hearing from God. That's the job of a mentor. A mentor isn't someone who tells you what to do. You know, I oftentimes have people in ministry come up and say to me, do you have a word for me? Yeah, seek Jesus. <laughs> How's that for a word? Because it isn't like that. Next week we're going to talk about this for the harvest. The gifts of the Spirit. The fruits of the Spirit are necessary for the harvest. And Jesus operated all the time in the word of knowledge. He would speak things. He would do things. He perceived. you know that word perceived? That's, that's a gift of the Spirit that we have. We have discernment, discerning of spirits. We have the word of knowledge. On, I can't get on that tonight because I'm going to get way off my message. However, all this was happening. Why? Because Jesus was beginning to demonstrate the manifestation of God's power. My husband said it in communion that God demonstrated his love for us through the death of Jesus Christ. So there was a manifestation of Jesus on Calvary that says, I love you. That's what what Calvary says. I love you and I will lay down my life for you. That's how much I love you. And so it was a demonstration, it was a manifestation of God's love for the world when Jesus died on Calvary. And so all of this that happens up to 935, and, and there's the healing of two blind men, the healing of the ruler's daughter, the healing of the woman with the issue of blood, all of that's described in those chapters. Now, you know, can I say that happened right before this? All I know is I'm reading the Bible, and it happened right before it when I read it. And so I believe the miracle power of God that Jesus demonstrated f- was for us to see that when he says in John 14, greater works than I do, will you do, these, these are a demonstration for us that it is possible that God might just want to work through us. In the same way he worked through Jesus. We're not Jesus but it says Jesus was a man like us. So all of this training that's going on with these disciples, you know, the word uh, disciple is um, a person who, oh, let me find it. one who accepts and assist, and assist. Everybody say, and assists. And assist in spreading the doctrine of another, a pupil or a student, a learner, one who has been taught or influenced by a famous or distinguished person. I'd say we've got that, amen, in Jesus. And so when we read the word, uh, it says, it goes on now in, in chapter 10, the mission of the 12 disciples is what my Bible says, and the commission of the 12 disciples. Uh, and so it says in verse 10, he called his 12 disciples to him and gave them, what did he give them? What did he give them? What did they say about Jesus? He had authority. So what has he given them? Authority. What does it say last week? We ended with it in Matthew 28. That we ha- he said, I have the authority. Now you go. What he was saying was, which it doesn't go on and say is, you have the same authority. Now go. And you have this to know what it is you need to do. Now, I'm not going to send all of you out here tonight and say y'all need to get in the supermarket and heal everybody that looks sick. And the ones in the wheelchairs, get them out. No, because it's not, it's not, it's a demonstration of what you know. Am I clear? It, it's, you know, it's not what you think, it's what you know. That's why with God, you don't start out, you start out. Where he tells you, and it 's very rarely at the t- the top of the anointing of God that you 're going to you could walk in, but you 're not ready. everybody says sometimes we 're not ready. We are all anointed. Say, I have the anointing of god it 's in First John if you want to look it up. We are anointed by God. however, just like the disciples he 's getting ready to commission them he 's sending them out he 's sending them out. And he's saying, you're going to have to count on me. Because he's not sending a bunch of money with them. He's not sending, you know, the things that maybe were necessary for them to take care of themselves. He's sending them out to do what he has done that they have seen him do. That's what he's doing. And so it says here, he gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out, to heal all kinds of sicknesses, all kinds of diseases. Does that sound a little bit like Mark chapter 16 for us? He commissioned the disciples again in Mark 16 with the same things. Heal the sick, cast out devils, speak in new tongues. And then at the end of it, it says, and I'll work with you. Aren't you glad God always works with us? Amen. He's always with us. And so here he's saying that he's sending them out. And it says the names of the 12. It gives the names of the 12 disciples. And then in verse 5, it says these 12, Jesus sent out and commanded them, saying, Do not go the way of the Gentiles, and do not enter any city of the Samaritans. Now, you know, he is God is specific. Some people, uh, the enemy will take their zeal. I've seen this. And cause them to get themselves in a position where they are going to fail big time. (laughs) Because that was not their assignment. But they heard somebody else was doing it. and, And so they know it's the word. But there's a difference between knowing the word and experiencing the word in here. Enough to do it. And so, in, in this particular case, this is what he told him. I can't believe this. Go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. As you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick. Cleanse the leper. Raise the dead. That's a big one for their first uh, time out. Heal the dead. I mean, raise the dead. Cast out demons. Freely you have received. Freely give. That was the uh, launch message. And then they went out. If you read uh, later when they went out and 70 of them went out, they came back all excited because they said, even the demons are subject to you, to us in your name. Amen? But they began to do what God had given to do. They let down the nets. Everybody say, let down the nets. And so, you know, you can, you can know what Jesus did, but that doesn't mean that you're doing what jesus wants you to do it's when you let down the net that you begin to see him be who he is and uh i can remember when i first started in ministry uh i was i I was a little bit um well i had been around people who laid hands on the sick you know i was in a small group of women they laid hands on the sick they prayed in tongues they gave interpretation of tongues uh you know i I had never heard or seen anything like this. They they cast the devil out. I mean, and there were manifestations sometimes of the enemy, uh, having to let go of people's minds and their thoughts, uh, not op- not uh, possessed but oppressed by the enemy. And uh, so I seen all this, and uh, and and the Lord put me in a position with a friend I had just I had known her uh, back when. Before my children, well, I guess, yeah, before my children were born, uh, when my ex-husband was at school in Purdue, we lived in a mobile home court, and she lived down the street, and and I met her. She only came from 60 miles from my hometown, and uh, we became really good friends, and then college was over, and she went her way. I went mine, and uh, several years later, when I was in the the end of the divorce from my uh, children's father, I ran into her. And um, it was at a stoplight at Greenbush, and she pulled up beside me, and we waved at each other and said, "We have to get together. We have to get together," you know, and uh, and so we connected again. And I went up to Winnemac and played golf with her, and she said, uh, "Could you just come back up again? This has been so much fun." So I went back up there. Now I had gotten saved uh, at the in the midst of all this situation. And uh, so when I went up there, uh, I went to her house, and she had all these boxes packed. And I said, where are you going? She said, well, uh, we're getting divorced. Or no, she said, we're, I'm moving home. We're selling the business, and, um, and we're going to go back and help my dad in Winnemack with his business. Well, that wasn't exactly the story. She didn't know the whole story. And about that time, her husband came home and pulled in the driveway. And the Lord said to me, that's not the truth. <laughs> so I just didn't say anything. Um, he came in, sat down, and he knew me. And it was like he was scared to death of me. <laughs> I thought, I wonder why he's afraid. I mean, why is he afraid of me? Yeah, I mean, he acted weird. Well, I now had the Holy Spirit. And I prayed in the Holy Ghost. Now, I have no idea, you know, that that's any big deal to the devil who's doing things he shouldn't be doing. Long story short, after I left there that day, he called me and said, I'm in a situation. Uh, I'm leaving my wife and I'm involved with another person. I thought, oh, this is too hard. This isn't for me. I don't know what to do. I need to get him to those ladies who know what to do. Get him to my friends. And in the end, I did get him to my friends. They prayed he received Jesus, and everything changed in that situation. Now, I ended up working with him. And so one day I was in there working, and this lady came in. And the Lord said to me, that's her. I thought, oh, God, what do we do? I, don't, I mean, I'm telling you, this is not like, this is like, I mean, I'm like, she shouldn't be here. And so, and, and she went in his office, shut the door. And uh, so when she left, I went in there, and I said a whole bunch of stuff. God doesn't, God is watching And I mean, I went after... I said, don't you ever let that woman in here again. That is from the devil. He was like ashen. (laughs) He was like... And I was like... Because I couldn't believe... Everybody say boldness. The Holy Spirit just rose up on the inside of me. Well, in the end, their marriage was healed. Their marriage was healed. But there was a whole bunch of stuff that happened in between. And so I went up to see her again. And she said... I prayed for her, and she said, I need whatever it is that you're praying. I said, oh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is what that's called. She said, I think I need that. She didn't really know a lot. And, and I thought, oh, boy. I mean, I'm, I'm 30 miles away from my tribe that helps me, you know, the girls. And so I went in the bathroom this is the honest to goodness truth. I was in the bathroom. I said, Oh God, she wants the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I don't know what to do. Could you, you got to do something. What do I do? And finally I got bold enough. I went out there and, and you know, sometimes when people have a lot of hurts and rejection and things in their life, the Holy Spirit will show you so you can pray with them and, and, Get that stuff off of them so that they can receive the Holy Spirit. Because some people can't receive the Holy Spirit because they have so much hurt and pain and unforgiveness and bitterness and all these things. And so I just laid my hands on her, shut my eyes, and every word I heard I said. And I bounded, and I loosed the power of God. And she prayed and did everything I told her to do. And all of a sudden, she just started speaking in tongues. I was more excited than her. I mean, it was like, thank you, Jesus. But you know what that was? I let down the net. I didn't want to let down the net. I mean, but there was nobody else to let down the net. Only me. And she wanted that. There are people all along the way in your path who want what you have. They don't know how to ask for it. And they may be in such a mess that only the Spirit of God knows how to get them out of that. But the Word says that there's no temptation that has come upon you that the Holy Spirit of God will not provide a way of escape. So when people are in those places, God has a way of escape for them. But you may be the person that walks them out of that place. Today, that couple uh, has like seven churches. Their son pastors them. There are little churches all over northern Indiana. And I just saw where they celebrated their 20th anniversary. And they always say to me, you know, all this harvest belongs to you because you were the one that led us to the Lord. And they showed a map on Facebook of all the nations that they have touched. They've touched several nations, continents. And uh, they got Australia and and Antarctica or somewhere to go yet. Anyway, they said, we're coming. And – but – But all of those dots all over were because God spoke to me to let down the net. That's not just me. Think of that. That's why Jesus said, greater works will you do than I do because I go to be with the Father. There are people being saved in their ministry. And the most amazing thing is in Logansport, where I'm from, the city of Logansport gave them a school building. And they just started Heartland in Logan Sport. My hometown and are reaping the harvest in my hometown. Amen. Amen? Amen? Isn't that amazing? See, and all this started when my life wasn't where it needed to be. I was I was a baby crawling around myself. But God put me with them, and I had to go to the Word to find out what to do to help them. And so it put me in the Word and it helped me grow, it helped them, because whatever I said, God did, because he saw my heart that I would try, I mean, I would do what he said, but it was wonderful to see him do what he did, you think I didn't have a lot more, I was, I was, listen, I was, I thought, wow, this is exciting, I'd go smoke a cigarette and say, praise you, Jesus, that was wonderful, just wonderful, now, do I recommend everybody smoke and do that? No, no, I'm not. T- I'm telling you, God is looking for vessels. I did quit smoking. God, God told me one day, stop smoking. But it never stopped me reaching out where God told me to reach out. And it never stopped God from showing up in the situation. Did I let go of that? Yes, I did. I let go of it. And when he told me, I stopped just like that. One day, he spoke to me in the morning, said, that's it. And that was it. That was it. No, there was no withdrawal. There was no anything. It was just over. And uh, and so, you know, in our lives, God is looking for us to be that person. And uh, tonight when you shared out of John 4, that was the scripture that God gave me to end this message with. See, um, when Jesus went to Samaria, he just finished telling these guys, don't go to Samaria. That's. I mean, I just read it do not enter the city of the Samaritans. But in John chapter 4, he went. He said he had to go through that place. And it was for that woman. But see, that woman was going to become an evangelist. Now, she started her ministry when she had already lived with five men and was on number six. Now, I'm not saying here, please understand me, that you have to live in sin to do things for God. But I'm telling you, when God wants to rescue people, he isn't looking at how bad they are. He's looking at the potential that is in them that he put in them because they have a purpose. Now, if they don't come out of it, their growth will stop, and God won't use them. He can't use them. But if you continue to grow with God and you begin to see God, you think this woman in John chapter 4, she saw something. She heard something when Jesus began to speak to her. And, and yes, she said, you know, this we don't worship there. Uh, but God was saying, it's not about a place. It's about me. You worship me. You worship me. And so in in chapter 4 where it says, uh, Now when the Lord learned that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, isn't that just like the enemy? It's a big comparison thing. Though Jesus himself did not baptize but his disciples. He left Judea and departed again to Galilee. Now it was necessary that he go through Samaria. So he came to the city of Samaria, which is called Zechariah, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being exhausted from his journey, sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour. And the woman of Samaria came there to draw water. Jesus said, "Uh, give me a drink. Uh, For his disciples had gone to the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? You know, I think there's so many people in the body of Christ that question God using them because it's not supposed to be like that. I think in these last days, it is going to be amazing the people we say rise up and do the things that God wants them to do. If the body of Christ rose up and did what they were supposed to do, there wouldn't be a church place that would hold the harvest. It, it, it isn't about the pastor. If the pastor's job is to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. But so many people shrink back because they they look at themselves. I know because I did that myself. And uh, I have confidence to believe that God wants to use every child of God to live like Jesus did, always living, abounding in the work of the ministry, steadfast, immovable, always abounding. And this woman, you know, this was a conversation Jesus intended to have with this woman. And uh, she said, "A, A woman of Samaria, for Jews have no dealings with Samaritans, let alone a man with a woman. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. And the woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, along with his sons and livestock? Jesus said, everyone who drinks of this water will never thirst again. I mean, everybody who drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water that I shall give him will become in him a well of water, springing up into eternal life. And the woman said, sir, give me this water, so that I will not thirst, not come here to draw And Jesus said, go call your husband and come here. You know, Jesus began to speak the thing that she hadn't even told him. How many times does God read people's mail? I I cannot tell you the number of times in this church where people have come up to me and said, you know, you were preaching right to me. I knew you were. And I've been up here at the altar before and, and had a word for somebody. And they just stare at me like, who told you? God did. Everybody say God did. But why does God do that? Not to report people's sin. It's to save them and deliver them and let them know that he is who he says he is. Amen? Because he loves them. And go call your husband. And the woman said, I have no husband. He says, you're right in saying I have no husband for you. have had five husbands. And he, this must have been a shocker, and he whom you now have is not your husband, so you have spoken to truthfully. The whole end of this story is that many Samaritans, in verse 39, of that city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. This whole encounter was not a word to condemn. It was a word to deliver and send her out into the harvest. This whole chapter is about harvest. And then it says, so when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to remain with them, and he stayed there two days, and many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, now this is is the way it should always end. Everybody say, this is the way it should end. Now we believe not because of what you said, for we have heard for ourselves and know that this man is indeed christ the savior of the world every time god uses us to let down the net the ultimate goal is the harvest of them finding him amen and not us in other words we fade into the (laughs) yeah we fade out of that and he rises up in that you know that couple uh ended up going to oru and, and he went to ORU. She moved out there. They moved out there. And a year later, not even a year, six months later, they're the ones that called me and said there's a job. See, God turned that around, took me out there where they were, and they, we, we exchanged roles. They then helped me through a season of my life with my kids, and then eventually we all came back to where we came from, all of us. They came back to Winnemack. They have a church in Winnemack, a church up in Stark County, a church in Plymouth. They have a church where um, Megan, who goes here to church, her parents live there. They have a church in Rochester. They have a church in Logansport. And they're small country churches, but that's where they came from. And they're filled with people who are receiving Jesus, just like this Samaritan woman went, and that whole city was evangelized. And now it's come full circle to they're back in my hometown. I thought, Lord, this is really something. You are amazing. We're gonna to have to write a book because things like that, you know, it's it's like um, you see the big picture, but not until the big pictures all been painted or all completed. But that's who knows what happened from this woman, and this not This isn't like you go to Bible school, and then uh, you get back here, and then uh, we'll see how you're doing. And then we might let you be an evangelist. No, I mean immediately. Whatever Jesus did right there, he planted in her what she needed, and she received it, and she went out and let down the nets, and a huge harvest came in from that one situation. And in the end, Jesus said, don't say there's four months until the harvest. The fields are ripe for harvest. He wasn't giving a time frame. He was saying, do you see this? Just in this little bit that happened right here, there's a huge harvest that was ready, and a woman who had been married five times was living with somebody else is now an evangelist in the very city where all this went on, and there are people being saved everywhere. Everybody say, there's hope for all of us. Let's stand up. Hallelujah. Time to let down the nets. I want to leave you with this scripture you know it says um, in John 12 in John 14 12 through 14 greater works will you do uh, than than I do he, he says that you'll be able to ask anything in my name and I will do it but then there's a scripture there would you put up uh, the scripture in in uh, John 14:19 for me a little while longer and the world will see me no more but you will see me because I live. See, we, we are able to see what the world cannot see. We can see him. You will live also. Because I live, you will live also. And then it goes on and it says this. Can you play number 20? At that day, you will know that I am in my father and you and me and I in you. And then verse 21. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and manifest everybody say manifest, manifest myself to him. I believe there are many people waiting for Jesus to manifest himself and the manifestation comes when you let down the net. In other words, you can sit all your life and wait on Jesus to come, come by. He's there. But what I'm saying is that manifestation of what like I saw with that couple of what I saw God do and I knew that I had nothing to do with that because I knew my life, but I knew he did and he amazed me that not only did he love me and my mess, but he loved them in theirs and he took the two of us and connected us because he saw the heart of the people. There's so many people. Who are there in that place? And this is the last scripture I, I had. I had to call Heather. I couldn't find it in my Bible because sometimes I hear things in the King James because that's where I started. But it says Romans eight nineteen. It's um, for the uh, the world. See Romans eight nineteen. Can you put that one up? For the earnest expectation of create of the creation. That means all of the creation eagerly waits. And the new King James says for the revealing that King James says for the manifestation of the sons of God. What is that? It's us doing what God told us to do. That's the manifestation. And, and it's your hands. It's your feet. It's your heart. You know, tonight when we begin to sing that song, uh, who can stand against the Lord? I could just feel the anointing God come right now. Um, God will begin to let you experience him. As soon as you open up to say, I will let down the net. At your word, I will launch and I will let down the net. Now, I'm going to pray for you tonight. If you'd like to participate in seeing God manifest himself on your behalf. It may not be for you. It'll be probably for somebody else. But what that does is it builds your faith for what God wants to do for you. And I know many of you probably have stories. I mean, I could go, I could tell one story after the other of amazing connections, divine connections that God has caused in our lives, my husband and mine. The woman in Peru that my husband was down there ministering and he got lost. They all got lost and ended up on a street corner and some lady came up to him and said, Oh, I know you in Peru and and said she needed prayer. And he said, how do you know me? She said, that church victory, your wife, she dances and does all this. That's probably back when I was leading worship. And so, but she knew in, in Peru, the country, this isn't Peru, Indiana, folks. This is Peru, <laughs> South America, you know, and on a street corner, see, loves people remember we said in the beginning everything with god is about people it's about people and he will do that with every one of you divine connections they're happening all the time especially today because people are so lost and confused today even with church even with christianity even with religion People are confused because they cannot see Jesus. And He has hands and feet. Everybody, put your hands up. Close your eyes. Say this Father, I have hands that You gave me, and I have feet to walk. And the Bible says, How beautiful are them whose feet carry the gospel of Jesus Christ these hands were given to me to be used by you I give you my hands my hand, feet my heart my mouth use me fill me in Jesus name in Jesus name now I felt tonight to pray for this rejection comes with letting down the nets it just does. And so if you know tonight that you have a hard time dealing with rejection, both hands are up here, then we need to pray tonight that God will turn that in your life to boldness. That rejection, let me give you this, cause this is what God gave me. When Samuel became the prophet and the children of Israel said, we don't we don't want you to anymore to boss us and tell us, we want a king. And he said, you don't want a king. And he told them why. And they said, yes, we want a king because everybody else has a king. Basically, they were having a little pity party, throwing a fit like a kid. And so he went to God and said, this isn't right. And God said, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting me. Let them have their king. Give them what they want. And they didn't have a big mess until they got David in on the situation. So, you know, I, I believe tonight that rejection if that's holding you back, we need to pray right now. And you know that you I, I really, well, I think we all have a challenge, but some of us have been rejected and we know that feeling that comes uh, That with that rejection that will, the devil will shrink you back in a hurry. Would you raise your hand because I'm going to pray for you tonight. God's going to help you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you right now. In the name of Jesus, I bind the spirit of rejection that comes, that tries to push people back from the giftings, the callings that God has on their life. I take authority over it in Jesus' name. I know, Lord, that we all, none of us want to be rejected, but that spirit that comes and rises up in the lives of those whose hands are up right now, that backs them down from the truth of the word
1: of God. I bind it in the name of Jesus, and I loose them from that in Jesus' name. Devil, you have no right. You have no right. If you're standing by somebody that has your hand up, put your hand on them right now. Put your hand on them right now. Father, we agree tonight.
0: It says if any two agree as touching anything, two or three, that it will be done. We believe right now it is done in the name of Jesus that that spirit of rejection cannot be attached to their life any longer.
1: That he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. That is a lie from the pit of hell. It has come from words of people who, who have spoken things over you. I bind their words in Jesus' name. I loose you from every word that's been spoken to you that you know is causing you to withdraw and pull back even from things God's telling you to be. In Jesus' name, I take the 40 over it. I thank you, Father, you said you would take care of it tonight. And I thank you that it's being taken care of right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And I say, I am free because Jesus set me free from every work of the devil. He has no right to my life. I rise above. torment that he tries to bring and I put him in his place and I say no, you will not stop me from the plan of God greater is he that is in me than you who are in the world you have no authority I have authority Jesus gave me authority to bind the devil and I bind you in my life And in the life of those that you have put on my heart to stand for, I bind their their life from the work of the enemy in any area that is holding them captive. In Jesus' name, I, I issue this statement, this declaration in Jesus' name that my household is saved. They are liberated. They are free. I stand in faith and declare the truth of the word of God over them, over my friends, over people you have assigned to me. I speak they will obey God. They will fulfill God's plan for their life. I let down the net tonight, and I believe that they are coming in. They are coming in. That net will catch them, and it will pull them in, and they will receive everything they need from Jesus, and they will rejoice, and they will follow God. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Hallelujah. Give God praise. Don't Go let down your net.